the Fox show, um, you're listening, you're tuning in in your car somewhere, you're watching, you're wondering who are these guys, you know, I stumbled on, Christopher Walken's on the show, I'm not sure, is he? Maybe. <laughs> This week on the What the Fox Show. It's, it's a football mystery. The league is fictional. It's about a young player who comes into the league. He's he's a late pick. You know, he's kind of out of out of place, and he stumbles into a kind of a, a conspiracy and corruption within his team that he was drafted to. How the fuck are you? This is Connor Falk, and this is the What the Falk Show. You listen through SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Pod Director, a parent's phone, and the text message I just reluctantly sent you. I promise it's information. It's not spam. Also, if you're on social media, if you do what the kids do these days, whether you're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all those things, you can find me at my WTF show. M-Y, what the Falk show. Thanks for Falk and listening, and this week my guest is a writer, Hunter Gallo. Hunter Gallo writes for the Fantasy Football Underground. He also is a writer of his own book, author of Under the Stadium, a football mystery. Basically, Under the Stadium, a football mystery is a crime mystery, a crime thriller about some professional football players who get caught up in a criminal act and start investigating their own players. So something I've personally never seen in a football story or movie or anything like that. So I'm pretty interested to check it out. You can find Hunter Gallo on social media at Hoover underscore 26 on Twitter. Nice guy. Played fantasy football with him. We've been in touch on Twitter over the year. He knows a lot about sports, especially football football and his book under the stadium of football mystery so i'm pretty stoked to talk to him about that and to uh, find out more about what it's like to be an, an author out there releasing their book on amazon and amazon kindle and what it takes to do that maybe the things that he learned along the way that were more difficult than he anticipated and the things that he realized okay this isn't as hard as you might think so thanks for falk and listening here on the what the falk show what the falk talks to hunter gallo writer of under the stadium a football mystery fuck yeah Hello? hunter gallo what's up man it's connor falk the what the falk show how uh, the falk are you man Okay, Hunter, well, I'm going to have you on the show, obviously, to talk about your book, Under the Stadium Lights, a football mystery, and also your, your writing for Fantasy Football Underground, and also our experience together talking fantasy football this year. Um, first off, uh, where are you from? What part of the country are you calling from? Uh, I am right now from New Jersey. Okay, and that's why you have the Nets everywhere on your Twitter? Yes. And uh, does that make you a Jets fan or a Giants fan? Uh, well, I'm more of a player follower, but if I had to pick a team, I'd have to say Giants. Have to say Giants. What kind of players are you talking about then? Well, I mean, recently, uh, I've been more of a Titans supporter, you know, after Tajay Sharp, you know, and, and Mariota and guys like that. Okay. You know, anybody that I that I see, you know, that's a, that's a college guy, you know, that I'm really big into or maybe even a free agent, you know, like for a while I was a Vikings supporter with Adrian Peterson, you know, back when he was in his prime, you know, and stuff came out to change that. But, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm not so much about one team, you know, even if there's guys on it that I don't like supporting. You feel like the Titans are pretty exciting, right? So they have Mariota, they have a veteran guy, but who's playing like a young guy like Delaney Walker, uh, Taze Sharp. They have a lot of young players, you know, Taylor Wan, Jack Conklin, a good line, a good quarterback, a good running back in DeMarco Murray and Derrick Henry. So you see a lot of potential in them. Is that part of why you like them? Oh, definitely. I mean, there's nothing more exciting than seeing a team and wondering what they can do two, three, four, five, you know, however many years from now, you know, you, you can just try to, have fun predicting that and, and, and seeing what comes true eventually. Yeah. And you being a Jason Kidd fan, how do you like watching him uh, be the coach of the Bucks? Looking pretty beastly over there, actually, recently. Yeah, you know, I really like the way the Bucks are going. You know, the dimensions with their really, really long players. You know, they've been really leaning heavy on that. I'm not sure about Kidd as a coach. I was really excited about him coming into the coaching field and hasn't really been all that 
that I have hoped for, but I think they're going in a good direction. Here on the What the Fox Show, Hunter Gallo, I have an important question before we get into your writing uh, background. Uh, are you a pizza fan? Oh, definitely, of course. You like pizza? What do you order? Like a pepperoni or maybe some sausage? What do you get into in pizza? Uh, well, I'm a big vegetable on pizza guy. I mean, pineapple is very underrated. You know, peppers, things like that, I would go for more than I'd go for a pepperoni. Okay, you'd go for some pepperoni. Well, I would say if you ever find yourself in Bakersfield, California, check out Ferris Pizza, the sponsor of the What the Folk Show, the best pizza for the best price, with I Folk and promise you the most love in it. So, Hunter, talk about your book, Under the Stadium Lights, A Football Mystery. Now, I had experience with you because we were in a fantasy football league together. We tw- retweet, tweet. Twitter writers, you talk about fantasy football. I'm a big fantasy football guy. I played for a long time, and we kind of found common ground over that. Then I hear about your book on Amazon, so I want to have you on the show to kind of explain the trials and tribulations of releasing your own book. What what kind of seemed easier in the outset ended up being difficult, or what seemed difficult ended up being pretty easy in the end of it. So your your story is a mystery, and I've never seen any movie or really any story like it. Well, the book itself, uh, you already know the name, obviously. It's it's a football mystery. The league is fictional. It's about a young player who comes into the league, he's, he's a late pick, you know, he's kind of out of, out of place, and he stumbles into a kind of a, a conspiracy and a corruption within his team that he was drafted to. Mm. And he, he becomes friends with some of the players and um, has to investigate other players on the team, coaches, front office, all of that. While he's, while he's playing, he ends up in the starting role uh, midway through the season. So I think it's, it's a book about rising up but it's also an interesting interesting story as far as one that is a new kind of mystery that we haven't really seen a whole lot in the sports genre yeah and i think that's really that's really interesting about about the, the storyline well how long did it take you to finish it how long did it take you to write this project i started this quite a few years ago and i kind of shelved it and then i came back to it a little bit more recently you know kind of off and on it's, it's been quite a few years and recently I was really, you know, pushing hard to, to, to get it all wrapped up and all finished. And, I mean, it's something like this, you could take the rest of your life writing it because it's never going to be perfect. It's never going to be exactly how you want it. I mean, you can always look at it and say, I could change this, I could change that, I could add something here, add a couple sentences there. But in the end, what you feel is best and, you know, in your, your heart and your mind as a writer, whatever you're seeing in that book, whatever it is, is really what it is. So it took me a long time to figure out that book is it's great as it is, you know, the, you have to jump on it when you have it. Well, I think people who are hopefully looking for a mystery in terms of a sports background and kind of venue of a of a storyline, I think they're going to be interested, hopefully entertained. From what I've seen about it, it seems like an interesting storyline, so I'd certainly be into it. And I guess I would ask, you sound pretty experienced when talking about what it's like to be a writer or at least a uh, a reader. Have you written other things before? What's your background in terms of putting pen to paper? Well, in terms of writing I've always loved to write. I mean, my entire life I've written short stories, you know, stuff like that's never really made it into the into the published world. You know, writing articles, fantasy football articles, obviously stuff like that, you know, scouting pieces and all that I really enjoy and I do quite often. But when it comes to a book, this was kind of the, the project that I started out on and really got my feet wet into the whole long, long hand as far as writing a long piece. And... I have some other stuff that I've been writing alongside with it, some nonfiction stuff, stuff like that. But the, the my background in writing is more in shorter stuff. So this was really me diving headfirst into the realm of writing, you know, beginning, middle, and end spread out over, you know, 80, 100 pages, you know, which is something that is really difficult and really scary, honestly, when you start looking at it, you know, when you're 10, 15, 20, 30 pages in. And you start looking, wow, I really need to finish X amount of pages, and I have to have this story be cohesive and be entertaining. And that's something that's really 
really daunting in the beginning, but uh, you know, I got through it eventually, obviously. What did you do when you were ready and you went, you wanted to publish? What were the steps you went through to get it out there? Well, in the beginning, when it was almost finished, I started investigating different different routes of publishing. You know, obviously, the goal of any writer is to get it out there on the biggest imprint that you possibly can. So I investigated certain mystery publishing places that had a, a, a good track record, maybe were subsidiaries of a more well-known company. You know, I submitted manuscripts there, but really those larger companies, they're getting thousands of manuscripts a week, especially unsolicited ones, ones that don't come with an agent or come with a name attached to them or previous writer or anything like that. So your chances of being seen on that front is really not all that likely. So I started submitting to smaller companies, companies that maybe are more specialized into the genre that I was looking at. And I got some interest, some feedback, you know, some very nice critiques, stuff like that, but nothing that really caught on. And um, they're seeing a lot of different manuscripts and, and maybe they don't have time or, or the energy or the resources being a smaller company to put into one particular manuscript and, and really get it out there. So then I started investigating the idea of self-publishing, which is something that I was never really that into from the beginning. Because with self-publishing, it's all on your shoulders. It all rests on the author to make sure the book is all edited, make sure the book gets out there, the cover art and everything is all perfect. Mm. You know, the, the self-publishing medium is just there to allow you to do that. So I looked into that, and it really seemed like the best option when I started to investigate it. And then Amazon presented itself, and it was a fantastic medium. Laid it all out on there. And now I'm doing some of the marketing myself, but it's really a lot more of a complicated process filled with a lot more red tape than I would have thought from the outside because you think, oh, you write a book. You know, somebody's going to want to publish it right away. Really, there are thousands and thousands of manuscripts that will never get published. That's what's so great about, about the self-publishing mm, okay. mediums that are available to people today. Marketing-wise, is that, is that social media? Is that going out there in the public and kind of talking to people about the book? What kind of ways are you trying to do that? What have been successful so far? Well, definitely social media is a huge thing. You can reach thousands and thousands of people all over the country that, that could have a, a special interest in your story. You know, so that's been big so far, You know, sending out tw tweets, promotional tweets, things like that. And then word of mouth is another big thing. You know, you tell one person, hopefully they tell a friend who tells five friends, and eventually it's like a big game of telephone. You know, some somebody's looking at, at it here, somebody's looking at it there. And it's obviously difficult to reach a larger web, but I think you maybe get more of a personal connection when you're talking to someone in person, yeah. maybe at a bookstore or, or something like that. So even though you're you're touching less people with the story, maybe you have a higher chance of somebody, you know, putting a vested interest in, in possibly purchasing that story. So I think that it's got to be a mix of both when you're marketing you know from from a perspective of a self-publishing first-time author you have to get it out there to as many people as possible but you have to make a connection with, with the story with people in that way as well yeah well absolutely and hopefully this can act your, your appearance on what the fall show can act as a medium in terms of listeners out there wanting to listen to a book especially the kind of you have sports themed mystery themed book and kind of hearing about what you went through how you got it out there, and kind of learning something along the way. So, Falk, yeah, check out Under the Stadium Lights, a football mystery by Hunter Gallo, my guest here on the What the Falk Show. Hunter, uh, you want to talk some fantasy football? I mean, I know you're a big fan of it, too. You down? Of course. Okay, so Hunter Gallo, um, what is like a, you know, we've already done this season. What's the biggest storyline you're looking into going into next season? Well, one that I'm really interested in next year is definitely the Jacksonville Jets. Oh, nice. I mean, I was really high on that team, really high on that team coming into this year. I was really high on that whole division, and it really didn't pan out <laughs> this year as much as I thought it would. Yeah. That was a big egg-on-the-face moment. But 
Blake Bortles and, and Robinson and Kearns and guys like that had such a down season this year with pretty much no explanation. I mean, there were some injury problems there, you know, maybe nagging, but nobody really predicted that. So I'm interested yeah. to see what, what happens coming into next year because that could be a really big year. I mean, Bortles on a, on a good day is definitely a top 10 fantasy quarterback if his weapons are working and his arm and his yeah. offensive line is everything's flowing, you know? Well, Hunter Gallo, here we go. What the Falk show? What the Falk, man? Like, that was my main talking about sleepers. I always like to go for players who have really down seasons, then I get them for great value the next year, like I did with um, Melvin Gordon this year, for example. There's always going to be guys who have kind of a down year, and they have such immense talent that they're worth them dropping a few rounds. And Allen Robinson, to me, is the number one idea of a sleeper going into the offseason of somebody who you can get great value for. I mean, do you think he, he doesn't go any higher than probably the fourth or fifth round after this kind of season, right? I mean, unless he gets three touchdowns every preseason game, which won't happen, Allen Robinson, you're going to get some good value for him when you draft him, assuming that talent's going to come through again and go with how the first two years of his career was. No, definitely. I mean, after that season, we saw, unless somebody is absolutely selling out on him, you're not going to see him go any any earlier than that. Yeah. And we're talking about a guy who was, you know, a borderline early second round pick this year in a lot of leagues, depending on how deep they were. So, that could be some really good value because obviously he has the upside to, to totally go off and the upside to give you top five receiver points on any given day, regardless of what your scoring format is. So that's a possible big boom, you know, a little bit later, sort of like we saw with DeMarco Murray this year, yeah. this past season, you know, how I really didn't want to touch him because nobody knew what that situation was going to be like. But people who took a risk really, really had it pay off, you know, with Derrick Henry having some struggles and then Murray really coming back into his own and having that comeback season. So you can see that with anybody, really. You just have to be able to sniff that out. I think that's one of the biggest things with fantasy football is sniffing out those off-season, down-season sleeper storylines. You know, like, like DeAndre Hopkins or, or those Texans. That's another big one that we're going to be looking at coming into next year. Yeah, I, I don't – oof, that's going to be difficult. I think I'm staying away. I, I didn't like – nuke in the second round regardless and especially with that quarterback one thing you're going to sniff out that is going to be a big question for a lot of people next year in the top three which of the three-headed monster running back do you take do you take david johnson ezekiel elliott or Le'Veon bell now many people might, might think it's easy to just say ezekiel but personally i'm a i'm a david johnson guy i just find he's more consistent and when it's that big of a choice i i want to have the most consistent i can even if it's not as flashy so who would you take number one or how would you rank them one through three going into next year that's a really tough one i think that's going to be the big the big storyline that we see this year you know the main yeah the main question because i think a lot of people are going to take a running back number one i think that's the consensus next year with how how strong a lot of them were this year i mean david johnson like you said consistency is key and he is about as consistent as it gets had an absolutely fantastic season but i think his stock relies quite a bit on what happens for the rest of that team as far as the quarterback and the wide receiver situation great how point yeah aging. yeah absolutely you know, who's the starting quarterback next year that's the question so i think that that really affects where we draft david johnson because if carson palmer comes back what shape is he in and if he doesn't who is it that's going to be handing the ball off is there are, are defenses going to be able to sell out on david johnson are they going to be able to respect the pass it all comes down to there i mean Le'Veon bell too what kind of shape is is the rest of that team in i know we've got some people coming back but whether or not Ben comes back, and I mean, I'm sure he will, and, and if Le'Veon himself is healthy, and then Elliot, whether or not he can 
you know, beat that sophomore slump, I would probably agree with you and say David Johnson number one. Yeah, absolutely. And I see what you mean. If it's Carson Palmer, is it a good Carson Palmer? Is it Carson Palmer for sure past his prime? Is it a Drew Stanton who's never been good enough to really start a 16-game season? It's really interesting. And for me, Ezekiel is so scary, man, because you watch enough football. He had such a good rookie year. You've seen enough guys that have amazing rookie years and something happens over the offseason or just a slump in terms of all the celebrity and fame that comes with being that kind of player. I'm just saying, I, I want to stay away from where David Johnson's we've already seen two straight years. So it looks like we're seeing the same way. And that's why your fantasy football teams are probably also very successful. And your experience writing for fantasy football underground, do you kind of take that same logic and just kind of what would you do approach when you're writing these articles? Oh, definitely. I mean, I think there's a, a what would you do approach when you're writing pretty much anything like that. But with fantasy football articles, you definitely have to acknowledge the strategy that you're using and also acknowledge strategies that, that you can see reasons behind other people using as well. Yeah. So if you're going to, when I'm going about writing an article, you know, I would say, who do I like? And then what reasons would someone else having for liking someone else? And then compare those really would be the main, the main point behind it. Because if you're not considering, you know, other other sides of the argument, you're not really getting the full picture as far as what a player can do, and maybe you're missing something that you didn't see, or or some kind of correction in your in your reasoning, a flaw in your reasoning. So if you're looking at something like a full analysis of one player or a ranking or something like that, I think you definitely have to focus on stepping back and looking at the big picture. Okay, and speaking of two sides, we have the Super Bowl coming up this Sunday. There's two sides: the Patriots, the Atlanta Falcons. Who are you taking? This is going to be a really good game. I'm going to have to take the Falcons in this one. I think that offense is just going to be a little too, bit too much for New England. It looks unstoppable, but if you keep going back in all these years we've been watching the game, whenever it's the number one defense versus the number one offense, the defense always pulls it out. I don't know, but you're right. I, I just don't know how they have enough corners or defensive backs or anybody to cover as many weapons they have in the Atlanta Falcons. It's pretty It's pretty scary. What wasn't scary was having you on the show, Hunter. Uh, you're a good guy. You sound like a good football fan, a good writer. And uh, personally, I'm going to want to check out Under the Stadium Lights, a football mystery. So I also look forward to your future works. And uh, thanks for coming on the show, man. Uh, thank you so much for having me. So that was writer and football analyst Hunter Gallo at Hoover underscore 26 on Twitter. Also one of the writers for Fantasy Football Underground. You can find them on his Twitter and social media pages. Author of Under the Stadium Lights, a football mystery. Looks like a pretty good book. Professional football players, crime happening within the team, players investigating their own teammates to find out who did it and maybe get themselves out of some hot water. You're checking out the What the Falk Show through SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Pod Director, and Parents Phone, and the text message I just reluctantly sent you. Find me at my WTF show on Twitter and Facebook, Instagram, all the social medias that exist. And if you like pizza as I do, check out Ferris Pizza. The best pizza for the best price with the most love in it. I promise you I falcon had it. It's really falcon good. I've eaten a lot of pizza in my life. Is that good? I don't know. Is it bad? Maybe. But I falcon love it. Falcon love doing the show and I falcon love that you listen. Have a great falcon week.